listening to Pipes, Pours, and Pals. I am your pal Justin. And I am your pal Nate. How you doing today, buddy? You know, I'm doing pretty fantastic, buddy. How you doing? Oh, I'm not too bad. Yeah? Yeah. Feeling a little bleh. Yeah. Just bleh. Yeah. You know, started this carnivore diet that I told you I was going to be starting. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned it on here I was going to be doing it. I don't remember. A little foggy. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. It's foggy and groggy and my guts are like, what are you doing to us? But anyway. I was actually just talking to my wife today. We had the conversation about like, I said, do you have any goals or resolutions for the year? Yeah. And uh, she spouted off some stuff. I wouldn't really listen. <laughs> but then she asked me and I, <laughs> I was like, well, one thing I would like to do is, you know, I've been working out um, pretty regularly three times a week for about an hour. Um, pretty consistently, I should say. And uh, I was worried about trying to do too much at once, you know, and kind of overwhelming myself and, and giving up on stuff. But I feel like I've been doing this long enough now. I'm going to try to adjust some other parts of my lifestyle. And I've tried intermittent fasting and I've tried like uh, the Optivia diet where you eat just like the smallest amounts of food every two and a half hours all day long. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know what works for me because they both suck. Like not a huge. None of it works for me. Right, exactly. <laughs> so she was like, why don't you talk to your doctor and talk to a nutritionist? And I go, what's a nutritionist going to tell me? And she was like, well, they go to school for this. They study this. They can help you figure out what works best for you. And I said, where are they getting their information from? Right, yeah. And she was like, well, they... Wrong. <laughs> they do studies. They, I mean, they, they have studies that they, they have textbooks. They, go to, they literally go to school and study this stuff. Yeah. And I said, yeah, but... You know, one day they say that eggs are good for you, and then a couple of years later they're saying you should never have an egg, and then they're like, oh wait, actually, you know what, eggs are pretty good for you as long as you only eat the white part, and then they're like, actually, you know what, the whole egg's pretty good for you, just don't eat nothing but eggs for your entire life, and they're like, actually, just eat eggs, and that's all you should eat. Like, they, they, they're constantly changing. Then you can only eat the yolk. Right. So I'm like, where... What? What do these people do? Like, I don't, like, I don't understand the idea of a nutritionist. Like, I can look up, I have. A, I can get an app and count some calories. I can, I can look up what macros are, do yeah. some math. You know what I mean? Sure. So, I don't know. I don't know the point of a nutritionist. What it comes down to is I'm lazy. <laughs> and I really, really, really like bad food. That is my problem too. Yeah. I mean, like yesterday, I was at my parents' house and we were smashing some homemade meatball subs. Ooh. Ooh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, they were delicious. I love meatball subs, dude. And then some chips and queso. Nice. And then some Gardettos. What's that? Gardettos? Yeah. You don't know what Gardettos are. What is a Gardetto? Gardettos is like that chip mix. It's like Chex Mix, but fancier. Oh, like with the burnt toast. It's not like burnt. The, the rye toast. The rye, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah rye chips. I love those rye chips. 
You can get them just the bag of the rye chips. Yeah, I've done it. But you don't. You didn't recognize they were called Gardettos. I know it starts with a G. I've never got past the G <laughs> when I look at that name. I'm like, oh yeah, it's that mix with a G. That I don't know. I've never. I mean, it's a weird name. I would never try to pronounce that name. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I love me some Gardettos, man. Honestly, like once they there's never enough of those rye chips in the actual bag. Mm-hmm. But then they came out with the bag that's just the rye chips. Mm-hmm. So I haven't done this yet, but I was thinking about this yesterday. I was I was hypothesizing. You, I know where you're going with this, and you're right. You should do it. It's the best way. Both bags into one yes. bowl, mix it all up. Yes, it's the perfect amount of chips that way. The, the rye chips, because the rye chips are the best part, but the they other are. stuff's good. Yeah, the, the well, rye chips. If you eat the rye chips by themselves, then they get like overwhelming. Hurt your teeth. Yeah. After a while, they're kind of hard. Yeah, and the flavor just gets old after a little bit. Yeah. They're like a bright spot in the mix. Yeah. You don't want to just eat those, but if you have a mix and you have an excessive amount of those in the mix, that's where the, that's the sweet spot. Yeah. It's like having, it's like buying Lucky Charms, which doesn't have enough marshmallows in it. Yes. And then buying a bag of just the marshmallows and then mixing those two together. That's exactly right. Yeah. I think we're onto something here. Mm-hmm. Dieting. That, <laughs> that's what we're on to because Gosh, of this it all exact sounds conversation. so stinking good. Oh man, it is good. And that's what that problem is. Yeah, it's so good. It's terrible for you. Yeah, my wife and I decided we were going to have a one last big hoopla before the new year. You know. Yeah. So she made this delicious buffalo dip, just like buffalo chicken. And cream cheese and more cheese and other cheeses. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of chips with it, I'm guessing. And then tortilla chips. What was that? <laughs> tortilla chips. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, I put a little extra buffalo sauce, put some some uh, hot sauce in there, mix it all up. And then... Uh, Did she make you a dang quesadilla? She didn't. Um, but... Tell her she needs to try to be better in the new year. <laughs> But man, it's like as I'm eating it, I'm like, this is just cheese. Like it's 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 just fat. Like I'm just you got your eating. In there. I mean, not much though. It's healthy. It's got chicken in it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So we ate that while we're watching the Lions game. Mm. Mm. Sorry about that. Yeah, sore spot for you, isn't it? I'm getting over it, but yeah, it is. Do you need to talk about it? I don't think so. I feel like you do. I feel like you need a vent. Well, there's some tension here. I feel like you need to just cut it with a hot knife. No, nothing I say is going to change the outcome of the situation. Sure, we would have had the second seed in the NFL for the playoffs coming up. Sure, we could have maybe had the first seed, depending on how this week, next week goes. But none of that is possible now because a ref literally just messed up in the middle of a game. It's not the middle of the game. It's the very end of the game. Yeah. It was the last play of the game, two-point conversion. Mm-hmm. The Lions completed the two-point conversion, yep. and the ref called illegal touching and said that 68 Taylor Decker did not report as an eligible receiver. They have video footage of Taylor Decker going up to the referee and saying, I'm reporting as eligible. He wiped his jersey, told him he was eligible. It's clear the ref's not even paying attention and just runs off and calls number 70. It's like, this is what's frustrating before a game starts, the referees go into 
each side's locker room separately, obviously. And they go with the head coach and the offensive coordinator and they go through the, any possibility of a trick play they're going to they're gonna call for the entire game. They take a dry erase board, they draw it out for him. He went over this play with the referees before the game and explained to him that there might come a situation where we're going to do this. They had number 70, offensive lineman, skipper, reporting as eligible the entire game. They did that on purpose. Every time Skipper went in, he was an extra lineman reported as an eligible receiver. And what they did was at the end, and they had told the referees they were going to do this, at the, the very last play of the game, Skipper, Penae Sewell, and Taylor Decker, all three offensive linemen, go to the referee. Taylor Decker clearly wipes his jersey, which is what you're supposed to do to make sure that they can see your number. He wipes his jersey and says, I'm reporting as eligible. And as he's saying that, Skipper's running up towards the referee, which Skipper's number 70, who's been reporting the entire time. So the referee takes off running before Skip even gets there. And Taylor and Panay go back to the offensive line with Skipper. But they do that so that way the defense doesn't know too far ahead of time who's reporting as eligible. Right. So before the play starts, the referee will tell you who reported as eligible and will announce it to the entire stadium. Right. But he does it right before they call hike. So he got up there and he goes, number seven D has reported as an eligible receiver. And then it's like go time. There's no chance for them to say, hey, that wasn't 70. That was 68 that reported to you because they, they're on the clock already. And if you're on the offensive line, if you're, if you're Jared Goff in that moment, your heart is pounding. You're, you've, you've scored the touchdown. You're going for a two-point conversion to win. You're probably not listening to what number the ref said because you, even before in the huddle before he, before the play started, Jared Goff grabs Taylor Decker by the jersey and points to the ref and says, "You need to go report." So that's when he runs over there. So Jared Goff knows that Kayla, that Taylor Decker has done the right thing. Taylor Decker knows that Taylor Decker has done the right thing. They call the play. They score the two-point conversion to win the game, and then the referee says, "68 didn't report as eligible. 70 did." And that's not what happened. So the Lions lost the game. Well, that's not that's not why they lost the game because they got two more chances after that. I mean, that's true, but they, they could have tied it. But they also technically won the game. They could have tied the game. But regular season overtime rules are asinine, and you could let it come down to a coin flip and take your chances on a coin flip. The possibility. Or you could try to punch it in again and again. I mean, I'm not saying, I'm just, I mean, we can all make excuses all day long, but that's what happened is they scored, they won the game, and they got taken away from them. I just haven't had, I haven't had a chance to hear you talk about it yet, so. Well, that's what happened. I needed to see your, like, face get, face get flushed and. Yeah. Yeah. Your beard started to spark a little bit. I mean, I've had, to, I've had, I've had time to. <laughs> process the situation did you throw anything around the house or anything like that when you when no. that, when that happened no honestly like i jumped up and was like very animated when they scored and won the game uh-huh and they called it back and i was like no this is that's terrible and so then they were like let's go for two again and i was like all right you guys got it and then they went for two again and then somebody got called for holding and they got brought back again and i was like maybe we just kick the extra point this time i mean Clearly, yeah. the odds aren't in our favor right now, but then in my head, I'm like, but at this point, you're probably so pissed off as the offense, and 
again, going into overtime in regular season is you're just rolling the dice. It's just a gamble. I don't know. I don't know. I wanted to hear you talk it out, man. But you know, you needed to have a therapy session. So yeah, it happens. That's what we do here, man. Sometimes we got to talk about heavy stuff, like the Lions losing, the brand new Lions losing. They kept uh, Dallas to the lowest amount of points scored in their stadium all year long. I'm also glad that I, because I have Dallas's defense, and I sat Dallas's defense. Mm. Because I was cheering for the Lions. And uh, I almost text you about that game. But I was just like, nah, I bet he's stressed. He might disown me if I text him right now. <laughs> I, was, I was pretty hot. <laughs> but did you have to apologize to your wife for anything that you might have said or did or anything like that? No, she was upstairs in bed by the oh, time they came oh. to bed. Then you did okay. Yeah. I've had some of the moments where I got so heated about a game that I had to go back and apologize to wife and children for being too animated, too uh, energetic. Yeah. Yeah. It happens to the best of us. But honestly, after... I I mean, it's difficult. It's difficult as a, a person who's been a Lions fan since around 1990 to ever get excited. Um, I've just seen... A lot of crap. I've seen so many things happen. I've seen the Lions blow it in such masterful ways that... Uh, it's kind of a Detroit thing. Honestly, like I feel like after, after a while, you just get kind of numb. So I was very excited when I thought they won. But when I found out they didn't win, I was just kind of like, not that upset because well like the Pistons have taken their place I don't know if you've heard about this I, I've I've known I know some people have called for the Pistons to be investigated by the FBI <laughs> <laughs> because of how they've spectacularly lost some games recently and I yeah. heard that they're hosting open invitation tryouts for their team to the public really that's what I heard <laughs> they're on like a massive losing streak right now aren't they yeah, I watched a video the other day. Somebody posted the one that was like, they should be investigated by the FBI. They were up by like 20-some points and then proceeded to just some of the worst basketball I've ever seen. Like guys like grabbing the ball and it looks like they're trying to pass it to somebody, but it's like six feet over their head into the stands, like not even close. And like a ball bouncing off the rim and this guy goes up for the rebound and just swats it's it out of bounds. I like. Saw that. <laughs> <laughs> but it really looks like they're just throwing the game. Like it, it genuinely looks like they're doing it on purpose. Like, I don't know how you could accidentally be that bad. I don't know. Either. It, it looks like intentional I mean, Detroit. Horrible. Yeah. The Red Wings are pretty bad too, from what I hear. I haven't watched a ton of hockey, but well, I know in 2008, the Detroit lions went Oh, and 16 in the NFL. And the Red Wings won the Stanley Cup. So some people are saying that this year the Red Wings are doing so terrible that it might just be the reversal and maybe the Lions are going to win the Super Bowl. And the Red Wings, I mean, the Red Wings have a winning record. 
Oh, that's not bad at all. Then <laughs> they're uh, they have one game over five hundred. Mm. Not as bad as say the Blackhawks or the Sharks. The Blackhawks are eleven and twenty-three. That's a lot of games. Yeah, Sharks are nine and twenty-five. Mm. But nobody cares about San Jose. I'm talking about Detroit. Mm-hmm. Motown, baby. Motor City. Motor City. Oh, man. Anyway, there- speaking of Motown and uh, people from Michigan, uh, we're smoking a Bill Lading blend this week. We are. Yeah. Mike Lading's from Michigan. I know. Even though he lives in Texas now. He, he's, uh, he moved down there to get away from the snow, I think. Yeah, probably. I don't blame him. Except we're not getting it anymore. Yeah, that's true. It's been like stupid warm here. I think it's been pleasantly warm. It's been a mud hole, dude. Yeah. Dude, my whole driveway is just mud. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah, that's how our uh, living room is. Because the dogs. Because dogs just tracking in mud. Yeah, nonstop. that's where it's the worst, dude. Yeah. Wet weather with dogs. It was much worse when we had two Great Danes. Um. And Heidi's not as spry as she used to be. And she'll at least let me clean her paws off. Uh, Daisy wouldn't let me do that. Daisy would. She was terrified of you. Yeah, she would take off just running. And then in her fear, she would run all over the couch and run on the walls and just get mud everywhere. And then you'd get angry. And then she'd be more scared of you. Because I, yeah. And <laughs> no. Um, but. The little golden retriever's not too bad. She's pretty, she's, honestly, she is a scaredy cat. Like, Heidi does this thing where every time she leaves the back door, she walks out into the yard and she just barks twice. Just letting people know, like, I'm in, I'm here. She just walks out and she's like, row, row. And, like, they both run out together and every time Heidi barks, the golden retriever puppy just runs back to the door and just sits there, like, shaking by the door. Like, she's terrified. Um, Heidi's just announcing her presence. Exactly. Get out of here, squirrels. Don't bother me. They caught one the other day. Ooh, they kill it? Yeah. Nice. Kimberly, I was out in the garage working out. Um, Did you eat it? No. Why not? You just let a squirrel go to waste? I might be being generous. I said they caught one. I didn't see him catch it. And it looked suspiciously like it had been dead for a minute. <laughs> So what really happened is it fell out of a tree and died. I don't know. Got it, zapped by a power line or something. It might have gotten to some poison or something. You never know. Mm. Your dogs are chomping on a squirrel that got into some rat poison. I, I mean, we don't put rat poison out, but I don't know what my neighbors do. You know what I mean? Anyway, you were telling a story. And I I rudely interrupted you. I don't remember what the story was. You were lifting was. weights when the when the oh, and Kimberly was just she walked out the back door and she screamed, and I was like, "What's wrong?" And she was like, "I don't know what this is." And I ran up there and was like, it's a dead squirrel. <laughs> so I picked it up by its hind parts, <laughs> by its tail. And I carried it. And the whole time I'm carrying it, the gold retrievers just follow me, like nipping at it. And I'm like, get away. Loving it. Yeah. 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 Did you save its tail? No, I disposed of the carcass. Mm. Should have saved its tail for me. You collect squirrel tails? Oh, yeah. I have a squirrel tail wig. Oh. Instead of... Um, Instead of actually having dreads, it just looks like I have dreads, but it's just all squirrel tails. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. No, not really. I might be able to get it for you still. No, it's okay. It was a couple of weeks ago. It was probably still out there. 
Oh man. Now that actually, when I was a kid, you used to be able to send your squirrel tails into MEPS. MEPS is a, uh, fishing tackle company. Yeah. You wouldn't know about that cause you're not a fisherman, but you, I'd go squirrel hunt. We'd save the tails and send them into MEPS and they'd send you like a quarter a piece for them. When I was a kid, that was great money. They use them for lures or something? Yeah, they snip it off and they like they have these like flashy metal lures that the tail on it is like squirrel fur that they wow that they attach to it. That's cool. Yeah. I use some squirrel fur and some fly tying now. I can go get that that dead no, squirrel. No, no, carcass. it's fine. I'll get my own squirrels, thank you. All right. I'll make my own wig. <laughs> what uh what do you think about this blend, man? Um If I'm being completely honest, I think it's incredible. Do you? Yeah, I really like it a lot. I'm glad you do. I don't, it's it's okay. Really? It's okay. It's kind of peppery. Yeah. Um, it's not fair. Honestly, I'm, I'm off right now. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not fair for me to, to even, I guess, get into what I think about this. I got to keep reminding myself about that. Yeah. As I sit here and smoke this, cause I got like, uh, no food in my stomach at the moment and taste buds are off. I don't know. Carb, carb hungry is different hungry, man. Yeah. Well, should we tell them what it is? Go for it. Tell them all about it, brother. So tonight we are smoking. Robert McConnell's Scottish Flake. Oh, yeah. Exclusive dark Virginia tobaccos and a spicy Kentucky with a touch of Perique pressed into a flake. It is blended by Cole House and Comp. Um, Robert McConnell. It is a Virginia Burley, like it said, Kentucky, Perique, and Virginia. It says it has a little rum flavoring. Mm. Um, let's see. Yeah, it's got rated a 3.25 out of 4. You're digging it, huh? I really like it a lot. I think it's very tasty. It feels a little one-sided to me. Think so? Yeah, I'm not getting much other than just like hay and pepper. Mm. Are you getting both of those notes? Or anything like those notes? Yeah, but on the retro hail, I'm getting this bready, like a bready spice flavor that's reminiscent of like, mm, almost like that, like cinnamon raisin toast. Mm. So I'm getting like a little bit of like a dark, just like, stone fruit kind of deep like prune almost kind of a flavor and then on the retro hair like I said I'm getting that bready kind of spiciness I'm getting some sweetness from the Virginias um, maybe just the slightest smokiness I don't know man I think it's pretty good yeah it's not bad I'm just not getting, I'm getting like hay slash straw and pepperiness. 
maybe a little bit of like a nuttiness from the burly. There's burly in it, right? There's the uh, the dark part of Kentucky. Mm. I don't hate it. I'd like to smoke it some more. Mm. I will. Yeah, I'll have to say I think it's. I think it's pretty darn tasty. I'm smoking it out of a long-stemmed devil ants from Moonshine. Beautiful. Um, I don't smoke this pipe a lot. No. Do you not smoke it a lot because of the same reason I don't smoke mine a lot? The forward can't? Yeah. Um, no, I just reach for my artisan pipes more often. That's fair. Um, it's a I'll big look. bowl, too. It's a pretty hefty, it's a pretty good-sized bowl. Like, their ants is a very bulbous ants. I always think mine looks like a meatball on a stick. Meatball on a stick is a great way to put it. Like a skewer with a meatball in the end. Yeah. I love that pipe. I just, I'm not a huge fan of the forward canting bowl. And uh, it's not egregious, but it's... Yeah, the only thing I don't like about it is the can't. The only thing that bothers me about the can't is I can't ever see the cherry. Yeah, that's what bothers me about it. Can't see when I'm lighting it. Mm-hmm. I can't like because I like to watch the tobacco slowly rise as I light the charring light. Oh, how poetic! And I can't do that. I'm smoking out of a pipe I've smoked in here. Many, many times. I love this Many, pipe. many, many times. It is my uh, little squat bamboo Rhodesian from uh, Brandon Daniel Pipes. Good looking pipe, man. It's one of my absolute favorites. It might be my favorite pipe in your collection. It might be my favorite pipe in my collection, but I'm glad I'm, it's nice of you to say that. It's a it's a very handsome pipe. Thank you. This was the, the first pipe I ever had commissioned. I mean, you got a lot of ugly pipes, so that's not hard to do. But. It's true, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. It's between that one and the Kevin Foster pipe that you have. I freaking love that Kevin Foster pipe too. It's gorgeous. It is. It's got giraffe bone in it too. Mm-hmm. Real giraffe bone, yeah. not not that fake giraffe bone. I know, and it's that beautiful green bone. <laughs> giraffe bones are green. Yeah, from what I hear, that's what I heard too. One thing I do like about this blend is that it is, um, it's got some voluminous smoke. It does. It's satisfying. I got this weird, like, mental problem. Like, I, I need a lot of smoke. It's very soothing to me when I smoke a pipe to have a lot of smoke. I don't think that's necessarily uncommon. I think a lot of people... Honestly, I feel like it helps with the, if you're smoking to like think in almost like in a meditative kind of way, mm-hmm. I really do feel like it helps. And I don't know why or what mechanics make it help, but I yeah. really do feel like it helps. And I don't, there are blends where um, they don't produce a lot of smoke. A lot of vapors don't produce a ton of smoke. Yeah. Um. And I find myself fighting and fighting and fighting and I almost get this like anxiety while I'm smoking it because I know that I can't smoke it hot and fast. 
Um, cause that's the only way to get a lot of smoke out of some of those blends is to mm-hmm. smoke them hot and fast. I find myself oftentimes like becoming very anxious when I'm smoking them, which also doesn't help the whole meditative thing, you know? Exactly. So it's just weird to me. Like I, I really, I think it's one of the reasons I enjoy codger blends is cause codger blends, especially like, um, you know, the stereotypical stuff like, um, Carter Hall and Prince Albert are very like very billowy. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's one of the reasons that I like was just so enamored with them for such a long time. And I still am. Um, you know, it fulfills that deep seated urge for lots of smoke. Yeah. And I still can't do smoke rings like you can. Well, I had lots of practice. Back when I was hitting the vapes. <laughs> You're hitting, hitting the vapes. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I mean, it is more satisfying. But uh, I didn't tell you that I have an incredible blend this week. Oh. Because you're not going to like it. Oh. And I only bring it up because I just wanted to talk about the difference. And we had talked about these blends a couple of weeks ago. Are you officially segueing? No. I'm, I'm minorly segueing, but I'm going to tie it back into our current blend. Oh, okay. All right. Go for it. So I have been truly, wholly, genuinely obsessed with Kindle Flake from Gay with Nogarth. Really? It's a straight Virginia that's got some flavoring on it. It's, oh. it, it's got like a light perfumey kind of like the the rose water or whatever mm-hmm. um so it's got a little bit of that in there but i'm telling you right now after you get past the the charring light that and you get the true light and you get the pipe actually going that takes such an enormous backseat to just the delicious high quality tobacco that you're getting it is phenomenal as i'm driving to work and smoking i get so enamored with the flavor that I'm getting good word from the Virginia tobaccos, man. I am truly obsessed. I have messaged like three or four people to talk to him about this because, and the reason I brought it up is because when we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that some people have said that because of the lack of additives and the lack of preservatives that they put on their tobaccos, that a lot of times you won't get the same kind of tongue bite. And I have noticed that when I'm smoking the Kindle Flake, I smoke it, I've smoked it out of a couple of different pipes, um, and I don't ever really, I've never had a problem with tongue bite. And I've smoked multiple bowls a day recently because I've, I mean, some days after I get to work, I'm like, that just wasn't enough, I need more. It's just so good. And you get a little bit of that hint of that, like, what we equate to be like the, um, granny panties. <laughs> no jerk. The, uh, the Lake district essence, the Lakeland essence. Yeah. The granny panty essence. Yeah. There's a, there is, that is there. It's always there. It's in the back, but it's like a, a wisp, a hint of it. That is, takes such a, a, an enormous backseat to that, the, the Virginia tobaccos that are just so incredibly good. So anyway, when I get to work, sometimes I'm like, I'm going to have to take a long lunch and go enjoy another bowl of this. Or depending on what day it is, I'm like, Kimberly's got to go get Emma from her mom's and Muncie. She's not going to be home. 
for an hour after I get home. I'm going to smoke a bowl on the way home. Really enjoy it. Um, but I those just, days where you're like, you know, I can't sacrifice ping pong, but I can just sacrifice my work a little bit more and go smoke a bowl. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But with this blend that we're smoking right now, I have noticed a little bit of tongue bite. And honestly, I'm having a little bit of trouble keeping it a lit. Probably to my fault, I probably packed it incorrectly or packed it poorly, rather. Um, and we're talking quite a bit, which is another thing. But um, I've had to relight it a few times. And my tongue is a little, it's a little, uh, little burnt. I'm not experiencing that. Um, and actually, the deeper I'm getting into this bowl, I'm over halfway now. Um, I got a little bit more sweetness coming out of it. Sorry, guys. We're just kind of giving you a play-by-play of what we're getting as we go through this. For me, though, to have to go through an entire first half of a bowl and it just be, eh. It's not something I would likely reach for. Mm. Because I want to enjoy... I, I have plenty of blends that I enjoy from beginning to end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like luxury bowls I flake. Have you smoked any of that that I got you? Mm-hmm. You have? One bowl. How was it? Amazing. Really? Mm-hmm. Good, I'm glad. It was while I was editing down here the other night. Nice. I did something different with it, too. Actually, that's a good topic to talk about. Um, I am not one to vary how I prepare my tobacco, ever. Yeah. But I just like was waiting for the episode to upload the other night, and I was like, well, I got nothing better to do, but just do some experimenting here. So I took one of those coins, and I diced it up. And I just gravity filled my pipe with like little squares of, you know, this is, it's a spiral cut yeah. tobacco, but then I just sliced it into like a checkerboard. Okay. And I just dumped all those in the pipe and it smoked amazing. Really? Yeah. Almost like a little cube cut going on. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. Nice. It's not something I've ever done before. That's interesting. That's why like I reached for the knife tonight because I was like, I'm gonna try something different with this. And then I was like, no, nope, just probably not going to do that. <laughs> I almost did. I almost like went through and did some like cubing with this to mm. to try it. But then I was like, well, then you've rubbed it out and then I've cubed it and then we're going to get different experiences, which we're already in different experiences because you smoke at different cadences. You're smoking at a different pipe, but yeah. And it's, know, it just kind of ruins the science altogether. If you cut it up completely different, it's actually rare for me to, to rub it out. I usually just fold it and stuff it, which is maybe why I'm not keeping it lit very well. Did you fold and stuff it? No, I broke, oh, I rubbed okay. it out. I thought you did. Uh, I prefer, I, I can't get with the fold and stuff method. Mm. I don't get a good draw. I get like weird air gap or like weird gaps. I can't keep it lit very well. I've never like same with, with regular flakes. Can't do a fold and stuff. Coins are my favorite things to fold and stuff. I can, you fold a, fold a coin in half, fold it in half again. It makes a perfect little triangle. You can just shove it right into the bowl. Doesn't it leave air gaps around it and stuff like that? Um, no. I push it in there and then I kind of press it down with my thumb a little bit and I just keep a little pressure on it for a minute. And then uh, I don't ever have a problem with air gaps. Okay. Honestly, I think getting the smoke to pass through the some of the gaps that are there kind of helps you get more of the flavor of the tobacco. One of the things I've tried with flakes is I've tried to do the like 
slice the flake in half or break it in half, tear it in half, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like break it into like little sticks and then stick all the sticks in like you would if you were like sticking sticks in a bucket. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lighting it that way. Not had much great. I've not had great luck with that. With a flake like this or with like, um, or like golden slice. Mm-hmm. I'll usually, I like to fold those in half and then fold that in half. And then I'll twist it mm-hmm. and then shove it twisted into the pipe. Really? I don't think I've done that. I, I just go full out, like make a ball of fluff. Yeah. Every time. It works out for me, but hey, you learn your process. To each their own. Yeah. There's no right way to do it. But they showed me the other day, I guess that's what I was getting to, is they showed me the other day that like, you find your way and you think you found it, so you just stay there, but then you miss out on opportunities to try things differently. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's good, maybe it's bad. In this case, it was delightful. Chopped it up in little cubes, you know, put it in there. It like I didn't even have to push down on it, like kind of just gravity filled, but it was very dense because it was just like dense cubes. Yeah. Um the only problem I found with it was like literally when I go to, went to ash my bowl, everything just dumped out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and that's not something that you would do regularly if you're in a hurry or on the fly, you're gonna take the time to cube up a, a coin. And I don't usually ash my bowls either. Yeah. Uh, in this case, I just did for some reason. And I was like, oh, well, there goes my entire, like you can see the remnants <laughs> of me. Like, like half of my bowl left just yeah. dumped in there. It's funny because when we were at, um, I think it was Mishinawa Cigar, whatever lounge place. Mississinawa Cigars. Yeah. When we were there a while back, I got into a discussion with an older guy that was there. There was a, a person his that was. Russ. He listens to the show. <laughs> no, no, no. This was a, some stranger. Mm. There was a person there that hadn't smoked pipes very much. I think this might have been like the first or second night they've ever smoked a pipe. And I was talking to him about my process. And I said, you know, after, after I get about halfway through, I'll tamp it down a little bit and get that ash to kind of go down. And then I will ash my bowl in an ashtray. I'll knock all the, the, the ash out. And the, this old guy was like, you're dumping out all the good stuff. You should never ash your bowl. And I thought, well, that's dumb. But just purely out of the fact that it's been cold recently. So I like normally when I'm driving, when I come to a stop sign or a stop light, as I'm approaching, I'll just hit my window button and take my bowl and just kind of lightly tap it against my car to get the ash out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll, that's how I ash on the way to work. But it's been kind of cold lately. So I haven't been, I've been like, I'm not going to roll my window down. I'm just going to let this go. I find it stays lit a lot better if oh, I absolutely. don't dump all that ash out. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like night and day difference. Like it insulates the cherry down inside there. Yeah, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards... You sound not. like such noobs, man. <laughs> I'm kind of leaning towards not ashing out all the time. We uh, haven't given this disclaimer as often lately as we used to, but... We should probably do it this time since we've been sounding buffoons. Yeah. We know absolutely nothing. We don't know anything. We're two idiots sitting in a cluttered basement in the corner in a block room talking into microphones, smoking a pipe. It's funny, like the last total idiots, two weeks when I've listened to it, our podcast, when it drops, I'm like, we need to start saying that again. Cause <laughs> like, I'll listen to People myself. People might get an idea. We know what we're talking. I know. About. I listen to myself talk. I'm like, why are you talking? Like, you know what you're talking about. 
Stop. It's ridiculous. I didn't want to interrupt you, but a second ago, I got this this flavor that like like hit me in the face coming out of this. I got it like two puffs in a row, and that's it was gone. Maybe it was a placebo effect because I'm just craving sweets right now. But I got like this blackberry cobbler made over a campfire taste mm. or on a smoker. You ever made like a like a dessert on a campfire? Yeah. Well, I haven't, but I've eaten it. Got that like smoky campfire taste to it. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Well, that's, I mean, honestly, that's kind of what I would, Earlier when I said it kind of, I was getting the flavor that reminded me of like a cinnamon raisin toast, but I said a little bit of a smokiness to it. I mean, that's kind of what I was saying, I think. Yeah, I get it. I feel like we're, we're, I feel like we're grooving here. Different fruits, but same idea. Different fruits. Yeah, no. So the thing that stuck to my head, stuck into my head about this was cobbler in a um, cast iron skillet mm-hmm. with a lid mm-hmm. over the fire. <sighs> Sun. Son, good cup of coffee percolated over a fire with that. It sounds lovely, dude. On a crisp evening, because usually it's like late spring is when those berries are coming out. If I remember, if I remember right, um, so it's cold. You know, you got a hoodie on, sitting around a fire, drinking a cup of coffee that was just brewed in a in either a percolator or a mocha pot over the fire. Mm-hmm. Some raspberry cobbler. Oh man, dude. Delicious. Dude. Yeah. I just got that like in in two draws. I got that and it's disappeared and I'm I got to chase it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to chase it. So maybe I will smoke some more of this. <laughs> that nostalgia. <laughs> when I went camping with uh the fellas in uh West Virginia. Glamping? Mm-hmm. When we were ruggedly camping out in the wilderness. <laughs> You're not fooling um, anybody. Everybody <laughs> in this, everybody listens to this podcast. The tens of them all know you were glamping. Uh, well, we had an open campfire. There wasn't a, Whoa. no ring. You know what I mean? It was dangerous. Yeah. Super but uh, they make these things called pudgy pies. <laughs> I had never heard of this, but uh, I was like, oh, it sounds like it's right up my alley. I'm pudgy and yeah. I like pie. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly why I thought it fit. So they have these like... Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. The, 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 they're like, you didn't have to do the yeah. You just held your hands out, and I knew exactly what you were talking about. It's like a metal square that latches. Yeah, you take a bread on each side, and you put filling in it, you close it, and stick yeah. it over the fire. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And I got, we are playing games one night. We are playing like a, the stump game and some other games. And I was drinking a lot of moonshine. Mm-hmm. This was the first year we went. You a lot of pudgy pies, didn't you? I ate a lot of pudgy pies. <laughs> I kept saying, where's some pudgy pies? <laughs> but I never made one. <laughs> I just kept having other people make me pudgy pies. Nice. But, uh, yeah, delicious. Did you guys use bread or did you use like biscuits? I think they used bread. That's what I did growing up. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was bread. It's a game changer. If you take like canned biscuits mm. or um, like croissants. Croissant. Croissant. Take canned croissant mm-hmm. and put it in there and then put some filling in it mm. and do it. It comes out like flaky and. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. I'll have to get them to do that oh, for me. Man, next why time. am I on a stupid diet? <laughs> you know what else would be good? Dumb diet. If you just filled one of those with hamburger. Oh my goodness. And some cheese. Yeah. 
some like some shredded cheddar. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and some eggs, mm. some scrambled eggs. Now are you talking about a, 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 a delicious little scramble? Yeah. Over the fire. Man, you know, I'm just going to die early. Let's just forget the diet. I'll just eat the way I want. I'll live to be 40. I got five years left for this podcast. <laughs> it's fine. Listen, buddy. <laughs> we need to go longer than that. <laughs> you can keep my skull. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you can have Stacy make a nice like leather pipe roll out of my skin. Mm. Yeah. She can leave the back hair on it. Mm. You can use it. I got a large back, man. You can use the whole piece back there, make a nice pipe roll, but leave it fuzzy so it reminds me of it reminds you of me. It's so gross. Like <laughs> I just immediately thought of like a flesh colored pipe roll that actually had hair on it. Oh, you could use my front and leave my nipples on it. <laughs> Get like a like toggles like the the leather straps like you know you yeah. have like wooden toggles yeah but it's your nipple yeah <laughs> it just wraps. as long as it's cold outside it'll stay wrapped <laughs> <laughs> all you gotta do is touch them a little bit and they harden right up <laughs> i know this guy that had uh <laughs> mouth cancer well that was really this just took a whole other turn it's gonna tie in so this guy <laughs> had mouth cancer okay and he had to have his jaw from the middle of his chin to the under his ear, that bone removed because it was full of cancer. Uh-huh. So they put a, a metal bar in there and attached it. And they were like, I mean, he was a head dentures anyway, but they, were, they said, we're going to have to graft some skin into your mouth over that bar. So they took skin from his arm, by, by, down by his wrist, uh-huh. and they grafted that in there. And because it's... You have to shave his inside of his mouth now? Because it's arm hair, it grows hair. He gets hair growing in his mouth, like where his dentures sit. Yeah. Yeah, his name is Rick. I'm sorry, Rick. Yeah, he's a, he's a good dude. Hairy mouth Rick. <laughs> That's what we call him. He was a, a courier when I worked at the hospital. Like Old fuzzy mouth. <laughs> Literally. like So this guy and I worked together like eight years ago. And saying work together is a very loose thing. He was a courier that just showed up once a day. The one that called you fat? No. That's that Bob. was a different... That was Bob. Yeah. We, we, we hate Bob. I freaking hate Bob, yeah. jerk. This fuzzy mouth, a, give me fuzzy mouth Rick all day long over Bob. Yeah, this was a different hospital. Much much nicer guy. Actually, we used to go... Dave and I a couple of times went with Rick and his wife um, to have Thanksgiving dinner at Cracker Barrel on Thanksgiving Day because we would have our family Thanksgiving on Saturdays back then. But Rick had a son who OD'd and died when he was like 31. You just come out with the great, like, really dark stuff this episode. Yeah. Uh, well, this is life, Justin. Life isn't always just Man. rainbows and unicorns. Sometimes people die. Or have fuzzy mouths. Yeah. So fuzzy mouth Rick's son died. And <laughs> I think I kind of reminded him of a son a little bit because back then I was in my, my low 30s. And, uh, so Rick took a liking to me and he was a super nice gentleman. He was, a, he was an older gentleman. He was retired. A lot of those couriers are just retired old guys. But, uh, he brought me like, um, some of his son's like stereo equipment that he had up in the attic. Um, cause he found out that I liked vinyl. So he brought me a bunch of vinyl and some stereo equipment. And like when I got a, my first, when I got my apartment by myself, or whatever, he got me a housewarming gift and, He's always just been a super nice guy. 
But after I quit working at the hospital and he quit working in the hospital, he had the cancer and everything, we kind of fell out of touch, you know? And once a year on Christmas time, he just sends me a text that says, Hey, Nate, this is Rick. I'm still alive. Like, <laughs> that's, I, you heard from him recently? Yeah. I, like last week, I get every year around Christmas time, I get a text that's a picture of him and his family. And he's like, I'm still alive, Nate. Just wanted to say hi. <laughs> I'm like, Hey, Rick. That's so sad. Why are you not better friends with Rick? He's such a good dude. Yeah. Dude doesn't have to brush his teeth on one side. His his mouth hair just takes care of that. Yeah, yeah. Just keeps the plaque and tartar taken care of over there. Uh, let's see. Right before Kimberly and I got married, so maybe three or four years ago, I met up with him and we went to Bob Evans and had breakfast and kind of chit-chatted. I got to meet this guy now. He uh He just had gravy. He just had gravy? <laughs> yeah, to eat. Just just gravy. He had recently had some work done. He couldn't chew. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. So he I had, thought he just made the personal decision to only eat gravy. <laughs> I mean, I that's like, a decision. Has he heard about the carnivore diet? I would love to, to take that that position. I love gravy. <laughs> I love me some gravy too, but uh, yeah. But that's old Harry Mouth Rick. We love that guy. Fuzzy Mouth Rick. Yeah. Old Fuzzy Cheeks. Fuzzy Gums. Fuzzy Gums. Yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. laughing at his expense. Yeah, this is terrible. Just say, let's laugh at his misfortune. Yeah. I'm sure he'd laugh right along with us. He seems like the type of guy that would laugh with us. He might. If he's eating gravy for breakfast, I'm sure he's just going to laugh. If he sends you a message on Christmas every year, says, hey, I'm still alive. <laughs> he's the type of guy that would laugh about being called Fuzzy Mouth Rick. Yeah, he probably would. I don't. Think, I hope so. I don't think he actually has to shave inside of his mouth, though. I think he just lets it go. I don't know how you could shave your gums. That'd be weird. I don't know, man. I'd, I'd, I don't know if I'd have to shave it because I don't know if I could deal with having like the uh, the feel of having hair in my mouth. I get used to it. Oh, man. No. As a bearded fella, you get you know what I'm talking about. You get hair in your mouth sometimes. Mm-hmm. And like, dude, it makes me gag. Sometimes I let it go. For real? Yeah, I mean, after a while. I'm I always like, thought you might be psycho, uh, might be a psychopath. Why? I don't know. That seems like some real psychopath stuff right there dude i want to keep your skull that you just keep hair in your mouth (laughs) you're okay with it just like moving around but you can't you can't get it you ever had hair in your mouth that's like on the back of your tongue yeah but sometimes if i'm at work i'm gloved up i'm i'm like i'm in a position where i'm not going to put my fingers in my mouth i've tried spitting it out touched a lot of poo and pee you're not going to (laughs) reach in your mouth and right so i'm like all right that hair is going to stay there for a while and you kind of get used to it after a while Okay, all right. I'll try to like take it and force it in between some teeth so it doesn't go to the back of my throat. (laughs) You know know what I'm saying? Like floss. Yeah, yeah, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) This is such a weird conversation. It's what we do, though. It's it's just how we roll, man. But I really like this blend. We haven't had too much to drink, I promise. I had like less than a a shot, probably like a half shot. Mm. And I haven't drank all that. Mm -mm. Because I'm not supposed to drink... Uh, any alcohol on carnivore mm. but i was like oh, i got a podcast and half of that podcast is well a third of that podcast is bs tobacco and and drinking so a third of the podcast is supposed to be drinking uh, we could make it black coffee or tea or something yeah. i have to be but I, have you seen half of my wall down here yeah yeah, yeah. it's a shame to not take advantage of it and it truly is i thought about doing the whole like wine uh, in a silver bucket. You just have like a little little spit cup, just tasting it and then spitting it out. Have I talked about my... Would that be offensive to you if I did that? No, not at all. 
Have I talked to you about my idea for the uh, spit bucket at Thanksgiving dinner? <laughs> no, you have not. Oh, sorry. I was literally, I had just poured whiskey in my mouth when Nate said that. So I was fighting every urge to not spit it out or lose it out my nose. <laughs> Enlighten me on the uh, Thanksgiving spit bucket. All right. So this is my idea. I love Thanksgiving dinner. Uh-huh. And I want to be able to try everything. Mm, yeah. But you know, I mean, sometimes I don't want to like overeat and just be miserable all day. Yeah. So why not have a bucket and just take a bite of something, chew it for a little while, and then just spit it out? That you know that reminds me of is on Hunger Games when they're at the Capitol. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. And yeah. They have to like drink this drink that makes them purge everything that they've eaten. But I don't want to vomit, so they can eat everything again. Yeah, I don't want to vomit. I want to chew it up, enjoy the flavors, and then just spit it into a bucket and move on to the next thing. That might be the most abhorrent thing I've heard in a long time. It seems so, that's like such an American problem too. It's just an idea I had one time. I brought it up to my family and they all thought it was terrible too. So it's not going to happen. I'm just saying it was an idea I had. I didn't know if you'd ever thought about it. But now you make me feel like a like a psychopath just for talking about spitting into a bucket. Yeah, I mean, a lot. hey, A squared plus B squared equals C squared, man. It's all adding up. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, how you find the hypotenuse of a triangle, right? I just made some words up there. Yeah, that's. I don't think that's correct. Isn't the hypotenuse? I gotta, I gotta Google this because I almost sounded smart there. A squared plus B squared equals C squared is... The longest side of a right triangle opposite the right angle. Boom. What? Did you Google what a hypotenuse was? Yes. So if you have a right angle right here, uh-huh. and that's the triangle, uh-huh. this is the hypotenuse. Okay. It's the longest side of a right angle triangle. What does that have to do with A squared plus B squared equals C squared? That's how you find what the opposite side of a triangle is. If you know two sides of it, but you don't know this side. So if this is two feet, and this is two feet. Uh-huh. You square this, that's four. You square this, that's four. So A squared plus B squared, that'd be eight, right? Mm. So C squared is eight. So now you figure out the square root of eight is, and that's how long that side is. Did I just teach you something about geometry? I don't think that's right. It's 100% right. I feel like A squared plus B squared equals C squared is... Somebody's law. Nope. It's like it might be a law, but it's Bruno's it's, law or Bruno's law or some. It's the Pythagorean theorem is what it is. You know what? That sounds like it could be a real thing. It's the Pythagorean theorem. Listen, dude, I got a D in geometry and I know this. Wow. That's you got I, a D. I, you're I, pulling I, out words like Pythagorean Pythagorean theorem. Yeah. It's a squared plus B squared equals C squared. I can math, dude. I'm impressed, buddy. I can math. I know everybody thinks I'm just the lovable idiot on this podcast, but I actually know some things. Well, I think it was four weeks ago I talked about how geometry is not involved in anything that I do. (laughs) So I don't know geometry at all. Geometry 
is only mildly involved with what I do <laughs> um, in design. Uh, never mind. Nobody would, not a single person that listens would care. What did I say? Whose law did I say? Bruno's you law? said Bruno's law. Yeah. We'll Are you going to Google, look that up? You're going to Google it? Bruno's law office. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a commercial you saw one time. Could be. On a billboard in like Chicago. Could be. He's a defense attorney. Wow. <laughs> Bruno Pythagorean, you know, Pythagoras. I think it's his name. Pythagoras. Hmm. Yeah. Smart guy, that path, 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 that, that path. <laughs> Pythagoras. That's what we call him for short is path. Yeah. Little old patty. Mm-hmm. Pathy. Oh, man. Oh, don't, I don't even see burgers right now. Oh, my gosh. Greasy burgers. That's what made me lose my cookies earlier. So let's talk about. Let's talk about you. We're coming up at the end of this beautiful year, 2023, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Mm-hmm. 2024 is, we're on the cusp. Mm-hmm. What so far, or what would you consider to be your favorite pipe-related thing that happened this year? A favorite experience, a favorite show, the favorite your favorite pipe you purchased, a new tobacco you might have found. What stands out in the year 2023? A couple things come to mind. Tell me. Uh, number one, super cool for me. Um, the man that helped me figure out how to sp- smoke a pipe properly. Got to meet him at, at Columbus. Yeah. Yeah. Mutton shop piper. Yeah. And just saw him like randomly across the parking lot and like fangirled and had to run across the parking lot and be like, <laughs> hey, can I have your autograph? No, I didn't do that. But uh, we did get a selfie with him. And uh, I don't know. That was just so cool, dude. It was like like this full circle thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like it was like a kid in a candy store kind of moment or like a kid meeting his favorite baseball player. Yeah. Type moment. But it was like, you know, after that, I almost like felt fulfilled. I was like, okay, cool. Like that, it was like that chapter of being a beginner, like closed. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I still don't, I don't consider myself an expert by any means, but like, I don't know. For me, it was just like, okay. I was able to have an intelligent, intelligent conversation with the guy that taught me about pipe smoking. Yeah. About pipe smoking. And, you know, got to share our, blend our um, Emerson Southern Forge blend with them and I don't know it was just kind of a closure moment of like okay next chapter that was really cool that is very cool Um, and then uh, this year at uh, Mule Town was another moment was just like kind of a full circle moment because last year in 2022, Mule Town was our first ever pipe show. Yeah. For both of us. Mm-hmm. And so then to go to Chicago um, and then also do like some meetups and stuff like that, but then come full circle and then go back to Mule Town the next year. Um, I don't know. It was just kind of one of the, another one of those like full circle moments where I was like, okay, now I'm in this because I've gone to this place twice. Mm-hmm. Had a great time. Excuse me. Uh, got to meet up with, you know, old friends and 
that was the cool thing. It was like the year before we went there, we didn't know anybody. We right. were only like making friends. Right. We got to see people that we had seen on like YouTube and stuff like that. But overall, we didn't know anybody there, but we made a lot of great friends then and then along the way. And then to come full circle the next year and then like go back and like you felt like family when you went back the second time. Yeah. Uh, because people that you had seen last year, you hadn't seen anybody in an entire year. You got to see him like Mike and Mike and Mike. Yeah. Um, that was cool. Yeah, there's just a lot of good things in 2023. What about you? A couple of things stick out to me. Like you said, uh, Mule Town being our first show that we went to, and that's where we first met Mike Lading and Rocket Mike. And uh, after that first Mule Town experience, we developed a relationship with Mike. He sends us blends to try. He supports us for the Bill of Lading segment. Mm Mm-hmm. And being able to come back again, kind of a full circle situation where it's been a year since we've seen them. We've all grown as pipe smokers. We've all grown as friends and being able to go to his daughter's house and sit in her garage and record a podcast with those guys and hang out like old buddies was really, really cool. I really enjoyed that. Um, and, uh, people that we met, like, this podcast has been so special to us just because of the people we've met along the way. And we've said this before, but we've made a lot of really good friends and we're lucky in that we have several listeners that are from not that far away from us. So getting people that listen to the show that we've met along the way that are also willing to go to shows like at Mule Town this past year, we got to hang out with Russ and Captain Kurt Keener and Russ actually went with us to hang out with the Mike's. And we, it was just such a good time. We, mm-hmm. we just had such a good time there. And then mm-hmm. I had a a personal situation that with me that happened to me there with a, another person in the pipe community who we'd had an interaction before. I've talked about this, but getting some closure in that situation and getting to the point where now I feel like that gentleman is one of my really, really good pipe friends. And I feel like I could, ask him about anything with the pipe in the pipe world or even out of the pipe world. He's a genuinely a a very nice man. Um, and then going into Chicago and getting to spend more time and like having that, where we got to record with, uh, Jay and Kevin, Mm -hmm. like that was such a good time and actually getting to hang out with Kevin and getting to know him and all the, the time we got to spend with Nate King there, getting to know Nate King better and joke around with him, hang out as a hotel room and stuff was such a good time. Like, my favorite things of this entire year have been interactions with people yeah, easily. Absolutely. And right now, probably my favorite pipe that I own came from an interaction with a pipe maker that I met up with. Finally, again, I, we met up with him four times before this, but in Columbus, he presented me with a pipe as a gift. It was like a culmination of like this storyline that happened and lots of ridicule. Yeah, <laughs> joking around. But Robert Vacher is the man. I love that guy. And having that pipe from him is so special to me. And that's one that I will I'll have that pipe forever. I I I love that pipe. I love him. It's it's just a it's a, a wonderful just a wonderful story. Um and yeah, man, I just feel like we've just I feel like the people that we have become friends with because of this 
it's just growing and growing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like 2024 is going to be an even better year. Yeah. Made some like lifelong friends. Oh, for sure. And like different walks of life, different age groups. Um, you know, like as you told me five years ago that the, probably the second, second or third most, the person I communicate with the second or third most would be a guy in his seventies from Texas. I would have laughed at you. <laughs> right. That I text every single day. <laughs> Multiple times a day. Right. We send pictures of each other. <laughs> I mean, I would have never have in a, uh, like it didn't, wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. I should, I should say a two 70, 70 some year old guys in Texas. Yeah. 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 One's better looking, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mike Spradling is much better looking than Mike Lading. <laughs> I don't know what Mike, I don't know what Lading was thinking, saying he was the better looking one. But it's just the, it's just the relationships. Also getting to have like that time with uh, Adam Floyd in Columbus was a good time getting to record with him a little bit. Um, getting to actually meet them and when in Chicago, meeting him and Nick and getting to hang out with him at the tables a little bit and then going back to Nate King's hotel room with them. I mean, it was just... It, that's I, I can't wait for this coming year because I just can't wait to hang out with those people again, those yeah. same people. And even I'm, there's so many people I haven't even mentioned people that I'm, that we met that are like Adrian last year at Mule town. His, mm -hmm. he brought his dad and we had a waffle house before the show. It was fantastic. We had such a good time. Yeah. It's just been a great year, man. I'm just, yes. it's been spectacular. One thing I was, the thing that I, one of the things I thought about saying about Mule town um, and, and the return to Mule Town was, uh, again, about coming, kind of coming full circle with things. Not only did I get to meet people the second time, um, and like rekindle those friendships that, you know, we had started from the year prior. Um, but it was like coming back and then realizing, realizing like, oh, I've grown as a pipe smoker. Uh, yeah. I've grown in the pipe community. Yeah. Um, and like this year I took a step. You know, really early on in my pipe smoking journey was, you know, nothing wrong with them, but was factory made pipes and something I really, really loved the idea of, but I didn't know where to start. I didn't know, you know, anything about them. I didn't much less the idea of like spending money on an artisan pipe to me was early on was just like unheard of. Like I had one artisan pipe that Randy Wiley that I had, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, but to just go and, and going full circle the next year to Mule Town in 2023 um, was a big moment for me. And like I unloaded some of my factory pipes. I came away with three like really, really high end sought after makers in the artisan mm -hmm. in the artisan world. Um, and it's not about like the pride of having those. It was just like, okay, like. I'm growing as a pipe smoker that I can, that I feel like I've gotten to the point where I could actually appreciate these pipes. Yeah. So it's kind of like an aha moment. Like, Oh, this is like, this is becoming a thing. Like this is actually legitimately a hobby now. And this is something that I can see myself doing long-term being a person with ADHD. Uh, I don't stick with hobbies very long ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, my whole basement is full of hobbies that I started and never, never finished. Um, I never took off with or I abandoned them. Yeah. Not that I, not that I like, dislike them, 
just I like lost interest in them. My hyper my hyper fixation on them was no longer hyper, and then it turned to no longer being fixated on it at all. Yeah. Um, but pipe smoking has never changed in that aspect, and so for me that was like another moment of growth. It was like okay, I found something and I've stuck to it as well. Like getting into podcasting, you know, I I shocked we made it past seven episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's just not what I do typically. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's cool to have kind of developed some sort of uh, a sense of community. And that's helped a lot. I mean, we've said this before too, but um, we're both kind of socially awkward people. Oh, yeah. And when it, for me, like going to Mule Town the first year and going to Chicago the first year, I just felt so out of place. Like mm-hmm. I would see groups of people that hadn't seen each other in a long time meeting up and being like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? You know? And I'm like, like almost like envious of that, like having those kind of relationships in the pipe community mm-hmm. and then going back this past year. And now that's, we are that like, we are, we are meeting people we haven't seen in a long time that are part of this pipe community. Yeah. And we have that relationship with people. Like it just means so much to me. I just, Absolutely. I love it so much. And I know it's kind of like, I don't know, but our fantasy league this year mm-hmm. has actually meant a lot to me. Like the yeah. people that have been a part of it, they're all a lot of fun. We've all been kind of giving each other a hard time and talking crap the whole year and just kind of razzing each other. But it's such a fun group of people. Like we have that big group chat on Instagram. I think that's my, honestly, my most active chat of any kind. <laughs> is with those guys like I don't know it's been it's just been a great year all around yeah and then so many great friends made from year to year so like the first year we made friends with Adrian and the Mikes and, you know I could just go on with people we met we made friends with the first year we were at Mule Town right right let me go back the next year and it was like we had just become friends with Russ at that point yeah um and then we met Stacy at Mule Town yeah 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 we met Nate King at Mule we had met Nate King at Chicago the year previously, but we really didn't have much of a relationship with him. Yeah. And then to like get to know him at, at Mule Town. Mm-hmm. And now we talk regularly to, to Nate and, you know, just little friendships each year we keep building on. Exactly. And they mean so much. Yeah. It's, it's just, I just love this community, man. And I'm very excited to see where 2024 takes us. I think it's going to be, I'm convinced it's going to be a big year. I think it's going to, I just, I, I don't know. I just think big things are going to happen this year, man. I think it's going to be a good year. Fingers crossed. Hopefully. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so what's, uh, what's your piping goals for 2024? I have a couple of artist makers that, uh, I've already reached out to, um, a couple of them that, they are friends that we've made, um, and I want to have one of their pipes because they're my friend. Mm-hmm. So, two people so far I have reached out to that I I don't know. It's probably not going to be the beginning of the year, but I told them both at some point in time this year I'm going to have one of their pipes. So, that's two goals I have. One of them is uh, Jason Patrick. He is another one that... I didn't know Jason Patrick at all until Chicago this year. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, talking with him at the tables of Chicago and getting to know him. And then you went to his house and he Another was... Another highlight I had from 23. Like I could sit here and give highlights. I know, exactly. Like there's like, as we're talking about it, things keep popping in my head. Um, but I definitely, before this year is over, before 2024 is over, I'm going to have a Jason Patrick pipe. He's such a good guy. His work is stunning. His beautiful work that he does. And he's, he does so well with so many different things as far as pipes go. Um, so that one and, uh, probably my biggest goal this year is to get an eight King pipe. Nice. Yeah. I've talked to him and expressed my, that goal with him. Um, so I don't know if it's going to happen at Mule Town or Chicago. We'll see how it goes. Um, but Start saving your pennies, buddy. That's what I'm, <laughs> I know I'm saving up. I'm working on it, but, uh, so right now, right off the bat, you just told me you need to save about a thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just for those two. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> so looking to pick up some overtime at work at <laughs> sell some tobacco. <laughs> yeah. Sell some tins. Maybe a kidney. I'll do what I got to do. You got a kid you could sell. No, she's too sweet. Okay. That's not what you said when she, when you couldn't go to sleep. I might not have said she was sweet, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I still wouldn't sell her. She is that my wife uh, sent me, she posted this thing on Instagram. It's like, um, pictures through the year. She took a picture every year or every month on the 24th mm-hmm. for the year, like one month, you know, to 12 months. And looking back now, it's like she, she was, she had such a round head like <laughs> she had like this perfectly chubby little round head, like a little pumpkin. And, uh, like looking at her grow through the year, it's, it's been so interesting. So that's, it's going to be fun to see her grow more. Sure. To a little human being. Yeah. Well, she is a human being. Well, yeah, but she's going to look more like one. soon. <laughs> I've like, I try to get her to talk. Cause that's why I told my mom the other day. I was like, I don't know what time, like what age kids start talking, but I feel like she should be saying words and she doesn't say much. How old is she? 16 months. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I've had four kids and I couldn't tell you when any of them started talking. <laughs> I mean, she says, she says like mom, like mama and dada, but I don't think she knows what they mean. And then she knows book and she knows shoe. But like my most, uh, I don't want to say prized experience, but like the thing I cherish the most, I guess about it, is I, I taught her to say thank you. Nice. Um, she doesn't know what that means either, <laughs> but she says it and it's super cute. Like if you hand her something, she'll go, thank you, and she'll take it. But then when she hands you something, she'll go, thank you. <laughs> so she, I mean, obviously she doesn't know what it means, but she's learning words, I yeah. guess. You taught her pipe yet? No, I had thought about getting her. Uh, Get her a little cob? Yeah, a little cob to chew on maybe walk around with Kimberly would kill me dude. <laughs> not to mention small parts that come off. Yeah. Choking hazards. How about I just make her a solid wood one? Yeah. Yeah. Make it out of like some basswood or something so she can, chew, she can chew on it. Okay. The whole thing's just one piece of wood. I'm for it. All right. Your wife will kill both of us. She's teething though. She could use that. She could use that. Put it in the freezer. There you go. See, 
that you just found our loophole. Yeah, it's a soft wood, babe. It's good for her teeth. She needs a pipe. She needs to be able to, you know, soothe her gums. Actually, what I've been giving her lately is baby carrots because they're, you know, they're hard, but they're cold. And she'll shove the whole carrot in her mouth and just sit there and just like gnaw on it. <laughs> and then when she gets about halfway through, she takes it out and shoves it in my mouth. She's obsessed with putting food in my mouth. She doesn't do it to my wife. She doesn't do it to anybody else. But if I pick her up and she's eating something, she just turns and just shoves it in my mouth. Like I'll just be mid, like mid word. I'll be talking to my wife and she just shoves stuff in my mouth. And I'm like, I spit it out. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like before it's been exactly before I left tonight to come here, she was sitting in her high chair. She was eating dinner with my wife and she had some cut up grapes and I bent down to give her a kiss. I was like, goodbye. And I gave her a little kiss and she shoved this grape in my mouth <laughs> and I go, thank you but it tasted like tortilla chips. And I don't know why. <laughs> I, I go, why is this salty? <laughs> Probably so, had a booger on yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's going good, though. Uh, my pipe goals this year. Man, uh, well, I've got goals for piping. I've got goals for the podcast. Um, one thing is I, I've got enough whiskey. Um, I'm going to hopefully majorly scale back my whiskey buying this year. Okay. Um, and then I really, I just decided like, I've got some good stuff, um, as far as tobacco, like hard to get tobaccos. Mm -hmm. And after talking about it the other day with, you know, the small batch stuff and the, you know, limited release stuff. I love some of, some of it I just absolutely love. And I've just been sitting on it and holding it and holding it, and holding it. And I'm like, you know, like this isn't going to be any good just sitting on a shelf. Right. I'm just going to smoke and enjoy it. I'm going to stop chasing. I'm not saying I'm not going to buy some of the small batch stuff. Like, but I'm like determining myself this year that I'm not going to chase. I'm not going to like go out of my way for everything that comes out. I'm going to specifically find things that like, oh, that fits something that I'm looking for. Then yeah. I'll buy it. I was actually thinking about this when I was driving here because I was smoking some Kindle Flake mm -hmm. and I was thinking I need to buy some more Kindle Flake. And then I thought, well, I should buy some more other Gay with an Ogar stuff. Like I love uh, Bob's Chocolate Flake. And I thought, well, I could probably, they sell them in like those like, 500 gram boxes or whatever you know mm -hmm. i was like i could get one of those it lasts me a while and then i was thinking i could also get one of those i like the kindle flake that'll last me a while and then i thought i have a few tins of bob's chocolate flake that i've never opened <laughs> like why would i go buy 500 grams of it and i haven't even opened what i have yeah so i think i'm really going to scale back the amount of tobacco i've been buying because i have a bunch of tobacco and I don't smoke the stuff that I like because I'm still Always trying new stuff. I'm, I'm still in that mode of like just trying new stuff all the time. Yep. That's exactly what I was having thought with the other day. I was like, I have so much of stuff I love and I never smoke it because right. number one, I'm afraid to smoke it because it's going to be gone. Right. And number two, I'm always trying new stuff. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not against trying new stuff, but 
if I find something like the Kindle Flake, like I like the Kindle Flake a lot. Mm-hmm. I only had two ounces of it to begin with. I'm getting dangerously low on it. <laughs> but I'm going to try other new stuff and I'm going to like that stuff too. And it's like I can't buy pounds of all of this stuff. Right. Especially because I have pounds of stuff already. <laughs> like I'm going to really try my best to focus on smoking what I have. And so I feel like this year I'm going to try, maybe that's how I'll save some money up for these pipes that I want, these artisan pipes. I'm going to quit buying so much tobacco um, if I can. It's hard not to buy tobacco. It is hard. It's a disease, man. Especially when you see something on sale. It's true. I actually looked at cigar beds the other day. I looked. Yeah. And I had to like quickly close that out. I was just like, no, no. I got my yeah. brother Pete for Christmas. Uh-huh. And he's a cigar smoker. And I thought, you know what? I could just go on cigar bids and just get a couple of <laughs> cigars for him. And I was like, well, I'm already... It's never o- just a couple, though. I'm always, I'm already ordering these. I might as well look at the tobacco dens and see what's going on. <laughs> Mistakes were made. <laughs> no, I just, like, I have so many blends that I love. And I, like, never... Not only... It's not even ones that are rare. I have some bulk blends that I absolutely adore. Yeah. And I never smoke them. I'm the same way. Like I love, love Voodoo Queen. If I'm in the mood for an English or I, it's probably more like a Scottish blend, but uh, if I'm in the mood for something that has like that campfirey smokiness, I love Voodoo Queen. Mm-hmm. And I never, ever, 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 ever smoke it. Yeah. Um, and I have tons of it. I have probably two pounds of it. Yeah. I love Luxury Bullseye Flake. And rarely do I ever smoke it anymore. It's like, okay, so Pipes and Cigars had that sale a little while back. And we went on and on for days about how good that black coffee blend mm-hmm. is. I bought a couple of pounds of it because it was only... Was it sixteen dollars for uh, or whatever it was? Twenty bucks for a, ten bucks for yeah a pound yeah ten dollars a pound no so, yeah ten dollars a pound so I bought a couple of pounds of it right yeah I have not smoked it since then not, I have but but and I really like it yeah like to the point where I told Kirk Keener I was like you should buy this and I let him try some when I was over there recording that episode that I screwed up mm-hmm. and he liked it enough that he bought some and now he smokes it every morning but it's like. Why can't I be like that? Why can't, <laughs> why can't I smoke the blends that I know I like and I can enjoy my smokes every morning? Yeah. Uh, Mississippi River uh, Rum Barrel Aged is one I absolutely love. Absolutely love it. I went ham and bought a ton of it because mm-hmm. I love it so much. And I think I've smoked it twice since Mule Town. Wow. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. That's like, I have, I have, um, at least two pounds of plum pudding. I love plum pudding. I don't ever smoke it. Yeah. I just have, uh, there's just so much, but that's what I'm talking about. There's no point in trying to find new blends that I want to bulk up on when I have all these other blends I know that I love that I have already bulked up on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's nice to have some cellared back and there are some blends 
like that I'm my whole goal from the beginning of pipe smoking was to get there's a few blends I wanted to get into a rotation. So every year I buy a few to several tens of a scudo, for instance. Right. And my goal has been to do that every year for about five years. And then that way I will always be smoking at least a five-year-old tin of a Scudo, which makes sense in my head. But I opened up a, a tin of 2014 Escudo, and I've had it open for over a year now. And I've just been afraid to smoke it because it's the oldest one I have. It's absolutely delicious. And I don't smoke it because I don't want it to go away. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any others that are even close to being that old. So, but I mean, I don't know, man. I just need to smoke them. I just need to start smoking the stuff that I know I like. That's why I'm thankful for this 2017 stuff you gave me. Because this will take me quite some time to go through. Yeah. And hopefully I can have a pretty good stockpile of aging. By then, yeah. By the time I get through that pound or whatever it is you gave me. Right. Pound and a half. Pound and a half. <laughs> and I'm not keeping track or anything. It's just, <laughs> that's how much it was. <laughs> Reach out to us and let us know what your favorite things for 2023 are and the things that you have planned for yourself in 2024 regarding, I guess, I mean, if you want some accountability or whatever on your personal things, that's fine. Uh, But specifically, we're talking about pipe smoking stuff. Um, We'd love to hear from you guys. You can reach out to us at pipespoorsandpals at gmail.com. You can write to us at P.O. Box 432, Daleville, Indiana, 47334. You can reach us on Instagram, which is the quickest way to reach us, and the most likely way we'll respond in a very timely manner. And that is at Pipes Pours and Pals. You can reach Nate at Indiana Nate. You can reach myself, Justin, at the Coffee Pot Codger. I got all that right, right? I, yeah, I think so. Okay. I kind of zoned out. Me too. But I zoned out for a second. <laughs> <laughs> we got a couple of emails this past week that were very nice. We did, yeah. Uh, let me pull them up here. I just got a text from Nate King saying, Happy New Year. What a peach. What a swell guy. Oh, emails, emails, emails. We got uh, John uh, reached out and said, uh, I will link below a cool little insert that replaces your felt bottom. Uh, It's like a rubber neoprene gasket for your Zippos. Fluid does not evaporate near as quickly. And it also has a spot for a spare flint. And so he gave us the link for that. Oh, yeah. Because we were talking about how quickly our Zippos run out and we hate them because, oh, I hate them because of that. Yeah. He said, P.S. Love the show. I look for it every week. And then, uh, let's see here. We got another one. Tad reached out. Said, gents, I thoroughly enjoyed your show from last week, especially the last 30 minutes when Nate brought up the Christmas characters and what pipe and tobacco they would smoke. At one point, I think for the Grinch, the pipe was old and nasty and held together with anything available. It reminded me of a pipe I found on eBay many years ago. It is a piece of junk, but was clearly very loved by someone. I wrote an article about it for the NASPC magazine, and I've attached a copy for you uh, and a few photos of it, too. Uh, But I also have a bone to pick with you. Neither of you like Charlie Brown? (laughs) He says, at least you have to like the Charlie Brown Christmas special, the part where Linus recites the Christmas story from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. How often do you get to scripture in, in prime time today? Uh, you're entitled to your opinion, but I won't hold it against you. 
I love Charlie Brown. Keep up the excellent work. Really enjoying your podcast. That's awesome. Uh, but the pictures that he sent of this pipe are crazy. Dude, that's like the most Grinch pipe I've ever seen in my entire life. That's exactly what it would be. It's like this... Um, it's like a long, long, long-stemmed... It's a Danish pipe. It's a Stanwell, right? So yes, it was. it's a Stanwell. Yeah. Um, but it's like a copper wire soldered together like braces around this thing holding pieces into place. Yeah, it's literally like they dropped the pipe and broke it and then took copper wire and soldered a, 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 a cage around the outside to keep it together. Yeah. But there's so much cake built up on the inside that it doesn't affect the bowl in any way because <laughs> like, even though the bowl is broken and in pieces, the cake is so thick yeah. that you'd still be able to smoke it, no problem. Yeah, and then I love like the wood glue or whatever's in the bottom yes. of the bowl. <laughs> like there was a burnout and the guy was just like, let's just layer some wood glue on it. Yeah. That's it's actually pretty cool. It's cool to see, and his write up in it uh, was amazing. Yeah, and he did say, "This just sits on a shelf. I've never smoked this yes. pipe." <laughs> but it's cool that he decided to buy it and save it. Like, it's, it's clearly somebody loved that pipe. Like he said, that's very cool. I wrote back to him and I told him that uh, you know, thanks for reaching out. And I really loved the. That's exactly what I was thinking for the Grinch pipe. Uh, your write up was a very small tribute to such a unique pipe. And I cleared up my thoughts on Charlie Brown. I explained um, that when I was a kid, we did the Charlie Brown Christmas for at church every year. And I had to watch Charlie Brown Christmas dozens and dozens and dozens of times every year. Yeah. From like my early childhood on up until I was a teenager. And so I just have this aversion to it. And uh, he, he said... Hi, Justin. With that history, your Charlie Brown aversion is understandable, even forgivable. <laughs> and he said, in case you wondered, I've never sm- tried to smoke that pipe. It just sits on the shelf. And then we got a message from Tommy. He said, hi, pals. This is my first time writing in, but I have a recommendation uh, on where you could get some deals uh, for some of your more common favorite blends, check out cigar pid, cigarbids.com. Pipe and tobacco selection, for example, uh, I got a tin of Peterson 965 for $6. Mm. And so I said, hey, Tommy, thanks for reaching out. We are both way too aware of cigar bids. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Neither of us have the self-control to fall victim to their deals again. Um, And then we got one more. Uh, and then we got a message from Keith. He said, happy new year, guys. Uh, thank you for the fantastic podcast. Side note, I'm listening to Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, and my wife walked into the room just as you mentioned, washing balls. <laughs> fantastic, guys. Anyway, thank you for turning me on to Match 20. This is a great blend, and I only uh, bought some because I listened to your podcast. Uh, and then he said, in 2024, do you plan to compare early morning with Match Sunrise, which we've talked about doing. Yeah. But we never have. We never have. We've also talked about doing Elizabethan. Elizabethan. With Match Victorian. And the ancient tin of Elizabethan that we... Man, I'm sorry. I think somebody gave that to us. I can't remember who it was. Man, I feel bad now. Pretty sure someone gave us an old tin of <laughs> Elizabethan. It was a while Dunham. back. Yeah. Is it old Dunhill? Maybe I bought it. I don't remember. We're going to pretend that somebody gave it to us. And whoever you are, thank you so much. We will do that this year. And reach out. 
<laughs> I'm going to go... get like 20 emails from different people like, oh, it yeah, was, was me. me. <laughs> I'm going to go through our Instagram messages. I'm sure. I'm not yeah. sure, but. I got the Dunhill and the Peterson here. Mm-hmm. I don't have the. Match Victorian. Yeah. Oh, man. What do you think about this Elijah Craig, man? You've done polished it off. Yeah. Um, I think it's... Uh, I like it. It's the Elijah Craig straight rye. I'm, I'm going to pour just a little bit more just so I can get it. It is a... Yeah, go for it. You've only had two beers and a glass of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> it's New Year's, man. <laughs> Uh, Elijah Craig straight rye, ninety four percent or ninety four proof, ninety four percent. Holy moly, that'd be a that'd be a hot blend. Dang it, man! I I'm I'm becoming a rye person. It's so good. It is really good. Why? I hated rye for the longest time. You're welcome. I. It's honestly from going to. We got the Angels Envy rye. That was the first one. I I grabbed that from. Angel's Envy Distillery. And then we had Sazerac when we when we did that episode with the mics. Yeah. I think and we've just been piling them on since. We did Michter's too, didn't we? Uh, I don't think we did Michter's Rye. Do you have Michter's Rye? I don't think we did I Michter's. I don't believe so. Yeah, I don't. We've done multiple rides. Woodford. You got a Woodford rye up there, right? I do have a Woodford rye. Well. Maybe. I don't know if it's a Woodford rye or not. I don't anyway, know. this rye, it has a lot of the same notes that I love about rye. It's got that kind of medicinal honey flavor. Or not medicinal, but kind of vegetal honey flavor. Yeah. Um. I think this one's a little sweeter than some of the other ones I've had. It is pretty sweet. I actually like this better than regular Elijah Craig. Oh, for sure. Me too. I like regular Elijah Craig, but I like this better. I think I think I would have to agree. Um, yeah. I, I, I uh, It's a delicious ride. Honey and caramel with like a slight vegetal note to it. It's not super complex it's just very straightforward it's i I like the thickness of it it's it's not super thin a little bit of a spiciness there yeah it's good stuff to me it's just relatively cheap too a well-rounded rye whiskey it's very good i'm digging it i like it i'm becoming a rye person daggummit man you got me onto virginia's and vapors and now i'm drinking rye's you've always liked rye and yeah i've been a rye guy you're a rye guy you know what I'm going to do here? Because Nate King just texted us and said, Happy New Year. Mm. Texted me and said that. Please leave your message for. Dad, Nate King. I love that idea, though. I was just gonna just pick it up and just call someone else. <laughs> Happy New Year! <laughs> yeah. No, we're about out of time, but 
you know, since he texts right in the middle of this, I was just like, well, I'll just call him. Yeah. Of course, he lives in the middle of nowhere. No cell phone service hardly at all. So, of course, he doesn't answer his phone. It is what it is. That being said, we've talked about our drinks. We've talked about our resolutions. We've talked about our smokes. You got anything else, Indiana Nate? I don't think so, man. I feel like uh, we've covered pretty much everything. Wouldn't you know it? Happy New Year. Hey, man. Sorry I missed your call. Oh, that's all right. We're actually recording right now. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> you text us right in the middle of our recording, and I was like, hey, I'm just going to call him right now while we're recording. We're almost done, actually. We were just wrapping up, but... Oh, cool. You know, I thought everybody deserved to hear your voice for at least a split second. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Happy New Year anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, as we fade out of here, we're going to we're gonna get off this pod. We're going to get off the podcast here, but you just hang on the line, Nate King. All right. All right. We'll do. All right. We'll talk to you in just a second here. You got anything else, Nate? I'm good, buddy. All right. We're going to wrap it up here. You can reach out to us at pipespoorsandpals at gmail.com. You can write to us at P.O. Box 432, Daleville, Indiana, 47334. If you want to reach us the quick way, that's Instagram. You can reach us at Pipes, Pours, and Pals. You can reach Nate at Indian Nate. You can reach myself, Justin, at The Coffee Pot Codger. We're going to get off here in just a second. Enjoy our new year. We're going to talk to Indiana Nate. We're going to talk to not, no, we're going to talk to Nate King, not Indiana Nate. Yeah. Well, Indiana Nate talks to himself, but it's true. That's it. Everybody have a great night. Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs>